It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Glad to be here with you, Damon, today. Because oh, well, that's nice. It's been um, a hot minute since we've recorded one of these. And yeah, we didn't do one last week. No, because it was a short week because we took Monday off. Yeah, for Easter Easter Monday. Yeah, did we do one Holy Week? I can't remember. We did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. We did. We snuck up here. We did it. Yeah. It wasn't on Monday though, was it? Or was it? Uh, no, it wasn't because I took that Monday off. Right, because you had had a busy week. It's kind of been a blur for mm-hmm. a few weeks here, hasn't it? Yeah, so we, we snuck it in on, on Tuesday. That's right. I think that it was. So, yeah, it's been kind of a blur. It will continue to be a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Blurring it doesn't it really seem to stop. It really doesn't, does it? It just kind of... Yeah, you just kind of keep going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Such is life, I suppose. The Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is uh, Greg and I, we get together and we have a little chat. We talk, uh, we do a little preview of the upcoming Sunday at First Prez. We talk a little bit about the scripture theme, ideas, questions. We do a little mini Bible study. And then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about the life of the church, what folks um, should or might want to be aware of, I yeah. suppose. So, and we start with an opening prayer, and I think it's, I'm just going to say it's my turn. All right, take it away. Okay, let's do that. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together this day, I ask that your presence, that your spirit might be with us. Um, that we might begin to encounter your holy word this week, and that those words might sit with us, that they might move us, shape us, nurture us, and challenge us in the days ahead. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, this upcoming Sunday is uh, Sunday, April 23rd. Okay. That's, that's the first important fact. That people should be aware of. Indeed. <clears throat> Life-changing stuff there, really. And, and, yeah. Oh, and at my request, Damon is not using the lectionary passage from the gospel. Because I want to use it the following week on Sunday, April 30th. Yes. And so he has kindly, graciously gifted me that text mm-hmm. and picked a different text. Yeah. So Craig, if you see him, tell him thank you. Greg has decided to just start uh, pilfering all the really good lectionary <laughs> readings <laughs> and, and leaving the, you know, let the scraps fall to the dogs, as it were. But even the dogs get the scraps from the table, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. says the Syrophoenician woman, <laughs> which you could have used this week since that's not the text I'm using. I could have. It was a, it, I considered it. Was, was that one of them? No. No, okay. No one ever chooses to preach on that text. It's a touchy text. <laughs> no, yeah, no one ever wants that one. That's in the, like, you know when you get to the bakery, like, kind of later in the morning, 
and all the good stuff's gone. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the, you know, you know, I I would name a particular donut, but it would offend someone. You know, that's just the stuff that nobody wants yeah. left. Or when you go into the store, you know, the Monday after Easter, and it's just, you know, there's, they just have those carts right at the right at the door with just all the Easter stuff that nobody wanted. So that's that or, story. Or the day after Valentine's Day where the mm-hmm. leftover flowers that didn't get purchased mm-hmm. by men who bought flowers at the last minute right. for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, Damon, mm-hmm. you do occasionally pick the texts that most preachers avoid. And I want to compliment you on that. I do. And I could probably have fun with that one. Well, there's, but I don't think it would be. Didn't strike me as super appropriate for a senior recognition Sunday. That's fair. Oh. Um, yeah, it could probably be done. Yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> uh, well, I chose a couple of different things. I have a couple of different gospel readings. These are one of which is not is not a lectionary reading ever. One of which I, do, I think it is, but I don't know for sure, or parts of it at least, right? Uh, so the first comes from Matthew, uh, chapter 6, 19 through 21, and then verse 24. I felt that I could do that because this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Which is really just a collection of sayings. They got put together. So you cherry-picked two sayings that you thought uh, aligned with each other? Yeah, there's one in between there that doesn't just... Like, doesn't fit. Thematically doesn't, to me, work as, as well. But, I, would, I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, so it, it reads like this. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. That's how that reads. Uh, I'm just going to read the other one as well. Okay. And then this is from Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. And this is the one that uh, does not appear in any of the years of... I know that it doesn't appear in any of the years of the revised common lectionary. Is is this story in one of the other Gospels? Because I feel like I've preached on this story out of the lectionary. But does does this one appear in other Gospels? I think this is just in Luke. But I, I could be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it doesn't appear in any of them. I could be wrong about all of this. And you're pretty sure that it's not in the lectionary either. Mm-hmm. But, but I could be wrong about that. But like, this, this ends up in the Sunday school curriculum somehow. Yeah, I, I remember it, learning it as a child, certainly. I can picture it in our Sunday school curriculum that we do here, which is a lectionary-based Sunday school curriculum. Because yeah, it's a very... Maybe it is, and I just missed it. That's possible. Because it's a very memorable Indeed. story. Right. Right. But let's, uh, let's read it. Now that everyone is on the edge of their seats, yeah, what, what could it? this story possibly be? We're not going to leave them hanging. We're going to tell no, you. No, it's from Luke chapter 6. 
verses 17 through 26. And it reads something like this. One day, while Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their, t- their questionings, he answered them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what, had been li- what he had been lying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. And that's where it ends. So there you go. Greg, what do you think that I got? Well, I've been pondering this because do this like a quiz. yeah you're, you're preaching to uh i mean we're recognizing our graduating high school seniors mm-hmm. and so usually you preach a sermon that at least is somewhat uh applicable towards them but also has some universal applicability mm-hmm. and so um i'm wondering are you going to be focusing on the friends of the paralyzed man yep yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are you going to say about those friends of the paralyzed man? I, th- um, the friends are, um, <laughs> are really the important part of the story. I, I think I, I can see that. Right. Without the friends, the rest of the story doesn't, it, the story doesn't exist. Right. Right. Um, because it is the friends who they're, they're trying to get their friend who is paralyzed to see Jesus. Uh, the, uh, they can't get through the crowd. They can't get through the, through the door. They decide to climb up on the roof um, and, and lower the man on the bed. Cut a hole in the roof. Yeah, they do. They, they figure out something. Uh, let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. I guess it doesn't specifically say that they cut a hole in the roof, but through the tiles. That is, that's actually a weird translation. Is this the NRSV? Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know that I've never noticed the through the tiles. Yeah, I've always pictured always cut. yeah, cutting a hole in the roof. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking up ancient construction 
techniques. Oh, but you know that's something I would do. I know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going through some effort. Yeah. A lot of effort, really, yeah. um, to make this happen. And they wouldn't have to. Right? The, right. They wouldn't have to do this. Uh, and then in verse 20, uh, when Jesus saw their faith, mm -hmm. I think, I assume, meaning the friends. The friends who lowered him down through the roof. Yep. He said then to the paralyzed man, to the man who was paralyzed, mm -hmm. friend, your sins are forgiven you. Right? He sees their faith, their act of kindness, of generosity, of love. Yep. And it is almost in some ways as though their faith sort of transfers onto their friend yeah. in some way, right? That's the, I mean, Jesus, I assume that Jesus would have healed this person <laughs> almost regardless. Right. But it, the way that it reads, it is kind of as though their faith is, is the switch that gets flipped. Right. That, that ignite that starts the action. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Their faith and, and <clears throat> it doesn't specify their faith in God or their faith in Jesus or their faith in Jesus ability to heal their friend. Right. Or their faith that dropping their friend through the roof on a bed. I mean, there's, there's a fair amount to unpack there. Mm -hmm. And then the forgiveness being imbued on him because of the faith of their friend, of their, of, of the paralytic man's friends. Mm -hmm. There's, um, yeah. Yeah. These are people who are, and then in my mind, the connection back to the Matthew, right? They are choosing they're choosing clearly not to serve themselves, right? Right. And they're choosing to serve others. Yes. Um, and and in that in that choice, then they're demonstrating what what they believe to be treasure. Yep. Right? Yes. This man who is our friend is this is our treasure, and so we're gonna choose to do what we can to help him right at risk to ourselves right there's a risk of them falling through the roof i think there's <laughs> certainly so. a risk of them making the homeowner upset that they've cut a hole in the roof yeah i don't know whose house this is and i'm just having been in the holy land it's um well even in nebraska right you cut a hole in the roof of any yeah. building in nebraska it's going to be dirty, dusty, and messy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I just, I'm picturing this scene of people packed into a crowded house, spilling out the door, peeking in the windows to hear Jesus teach in this house. And then all of a sudden there's this, this ruckus above. And again, in my head, probably because of how I was taught this in Sunday school, I see them cutting a hole in the roof with like either a saw or something. Yeah. And there's dust and dirt and stuff's falling on people. And, and then this, this 
stretcher, this this cot, this bed gets lowered mm-hmm. right in the middle of the room, and everyone's looking up like, "What is going on?" And Jesus yeah. Jesus looks up, sees the guys around the hole that just mm-hmm. lowered this stretcher or cot or mattress in. Mm-hmm makes a judgment about their faith and imbues that judgment onto the the paralytic. It's a, it's a I mean it's a powerful visual story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I you know when we think about part of the role of the church is to try to shape and form and mold disciples, mm-hmm. right? Of all ages. And when I think about, okay, how do we, how would we like for our disciples to act in the world? How would we like for ourselves to act in the world if we're going to be faithful disciples? We would like for them to act like these friends. Yeah. Right? (laughs) To tend to the needs of those around them. Right. Um, and at the same time, like that is a choice, right? That that we all make, um, and I think that to encourage that from our high school graduates who are you know about to enter into the world differently mm-hmm. than they have so far in their lives is important, and I think it's also important for. All of us. I mean, we all walk out of those doors on a Sunday morning and enter into the world. Right. And hopefully we can do so maybe differently mm-hmm. than we than we did um, the, the day before. But, yeah. And I also really like from this Matthew, um, the way that the, in verse 21, the way that the heart is described as following uh, whatever is defined as treasure. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, if a person is, is treasuring X, then that is where their heart is going to go. And so we also have to be careful about what we are considering to be treasure. Right? So right. If, if my bank account is my chief treasure, then I'm going to spend most of my time thinking and worrying about my bank account. If my neighbor is my chief treasure, then I'm going to spend most of my time thinking and worrying about my neighbor. Yeah. And I, I enjoy the, <laughs> I enjoy the practicality of it. Like whatever the thing is that you have decided is treasure, like that's where your heart is going to go. So be careful about what you decide is treasure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I- Pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and in, and in this case, I love, I do love the connection that the friends of this man have decided that their treasure is is their friend. Yeah, um, and seeking to do what they can to help him and support him. And uh, yeah, that's that's beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. It is. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I think. I think people will be able to follow it, track it. You could almost skip 
this interaction with the scribes and Pharisees and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, because um, it could you could almost get lost in that part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, within the gospel narrative, right? This story is um, the purpose is. Uh, is Illustrating sort of who Jesus is, right, and in demonstrating Jesus' authority, uh, it continues to set up this conflict uh, between Luke, uh, or not between Luke, between Jesus and various authorities. You know, it's another little chip in that pile, as well. Another exposition of his divinity as well. This is a miracle of Jesus where he's able to heal a paralytic mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all, it's all there. Yeah. And um, like, it tells us all those things about Jesus and it tells us these things about these friends. But then Jesus is affirming the friends. Yeah. And that's important. Part of Jesus ministry is pointing to them saying, that's, that's what this looks like. That's what faith looks like right there. Right. It's not following the letter of ritual law. It's not not working on the Sabbath. It's not. It's not even avoiding blasphemies, <laughs> right? right. Mm-hmm. Faith looks like loving your friends and doing what you can to help support them. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could you could go into a whole lot of different things on this, you know. You know, with the stand up, take your bed and and go home. Why go home? <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, then he does it immediately. But yeah, I just I was thinking about that. Um, The the the, yeah, the the friends are really making a choice here, and it's a a choice that really demonstrates the sort of faith that we are called to have. Yeah, I think. So I think that'll preach. I think it'll preach as well. So there you go. Anything else on that? I think we got it, man. Boom! Crushing it. Should we move on? Switch yeah. gears? Sure. We, uh, we've got about six more weeks of our worship schedule where we have our 8.30 contemplative service in the chapel followed by our 10.30 traditional service. We have some special Sundays coming up throughout the rest of the year. I think uh, this week, of course, we're recognizing our graduating seniors. Next week, we'll recognize our Christian Ed volunteers. The following week is Confirmation Sunday. The following week is Mother's Day. Uh, following week, uh, Cathedral Brass Play. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, it's it gets very. It's kind of a a whirlwind of sorts. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned confirmation. Yeah. Okay, I can remember in the list yeah. of things. So. So yeah, so join us for worship, 8.30 contemplative service in the chapel with communion or 10.30 more traditional service in the sanctuary. Uh, we hope you can join us for that. We st- 
still have our Wednesday Night Live programming going for yep. a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. We may want to mention um, that worship schedule is going to go up until Pentecost. Correct. Which is May 28th. Uh, 28th or 29th, whatever. I believe. Day 28th, I think you're right. This yeah. year. And our Pentecost service is we're going to be doing Pentecost in the park. Yep. In Chautauqua at, Park. In Chautauqua Park um, at, at 1030. And that'll be an ecumenical service? I think so. We think. We're inviting other churches to join us. Uh, we'll have some bluegrass music. Should be fun. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what's going on in worship. Um, like I said, Wednesday Night Live is going to go for a few more weeks. We'll keep you updated on that, but uh, keep sending those kids. And got a few more weeks of choir practice and chancel bell practice on Wednesday nights. Um and the youth fellowship is still going on for a few more weeks as well before we wind down for the summer. Yeah. Uh, what about adult ed? What's going on with adult ed? Yeah, so this past Sunday, uh, Ben Welsh, who um, has been working with, I forget the name of the, the Nebraska Education Association. Thank you. Uh, this past year, he usually teaches high school math. Yes. has had a sabbatical year from that and has been engaged in um, lobbying efforts, essentially advocating for, uh, you know, advocating for schools and for children. So he presented on what he's been doing over the past year that's been recorded and will be on YouTube soon-ish. And now this coming week, uh, our scholar in residence, Dan Deffenbaugh, is going to return, and he told me on Sunday he's going to do three weeks on post-resurrection appearances. Um, so he's going to start this coming Sunday, April 23rd, and do that April 30th, and then May 7th. Yes. So. And April 30th, I know he's going to be teaching on the same story that I'm going to be preaching on, so we'll have a little... Uh... Little, little overlap. If you want to go deep yeah. uh, with Dan on that, then show up for the... You know, if you don't want to go deep with Dan, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you show up, you're going. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, it's all good. There's no doubt about it. Um, you're going to cover a lot of material. Indeed. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of thoughts. So, yep. Um, so yeah, so there'll be a little overlap um, on that Sunday in particular. And then our last forum of the year is May 14th, uh, which is also Mother's Day. And I think, and it hasn't been officially confirmed, but I think the Presbyterian women are going to lead the forum on that day. Hmm. So That'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, And then that'll be it for the year. For the year. Yeah. So we've got Dan for three weeks and then hopefully the Presbyterian women. All right. Well, should I close this with prayer? I think you probably should. I don't know what else we're going to do. All right. Let's uh, do that or a song and dance. You pick. If you're going to sing and dance, then I might pick the song no, and dance. No, I opened, so you, you oh, would be the closer. Then we'll close in prayer. Okay. Let's, uh, let's pray. <laughs> Gracious God, thank you for... Um, for laughter and, and joy and all those things that, uh, that draw us closer to one another and closer to you. 
Thank you for your holy word and the chance to reflect on it and think about what it means to us, what it might mean to our graduating seniors, but what it also means to everybody who's hearing it read and proclaimed. May this story of the paralytic being lowered through the roof by his friends be one that inspires us to live an active faith, a faith that, uh, that puts, puts our neighbors and our friends uh, and other humans at the center of what we treasure. Uh, so that we know that uh, those are the treasures that are worth investing in and uh, the treasures that we're called to, uh, called to prioritize as followers of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.